A lot of big scores last night, a lot of lopsided scores last night, some big wins by a lot of home teams. It was a great night of hockey, um, and uh, we're going to get into it all. We had a 7-0 score, we saw 5-0, uh, we saw 8-4, a couple 6-3s, a few 4-2s in there. We're gonna, we'll touch on everything. We'll bring in Colby Guy in a little bit, too, to talk about the Florida Panthers, uh, set everyone up for their game tonight against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, some good things happening down there in Sunrise. There is... Uh, a lot of really good stuff to talk about with the Florida Panthers, so we'll touch on that with him in a little bit. Uh, first, let's get to last night's action, though. Two shutouts handed out last night, one for uh, Uka Pekalukinen and the Buffalo Sabres, his fourth of the season, and the other belonging to Caden Primo of the Montreal Canadiens, his first of his career. Montreal beats the Ducks 5-0. Um, but first, the Buffalo Sabres, how about them last night? Uh, 7-0 over the Anaheim Ducks. He Jordan Greenway had two goals. He's been really turning it on lately. Um, both of his goals were just really um, nice and creative and showing his skill set, which is his size and the package that he combines with that size. So uh, good on Jordan Greenway. Ukupek and Lukanen's fourth shutout was the most by Sabres goalie since Ryan Miller had six in 2011-12. Keep in mind, everybody, at that point in history, in that point in time, uh, Ryan Miller was one of the best goalies in the world, coming off a Olympic gold medal game appearance by the with the United States. Um, he was one of the best. So um, good on UPL getting to four shutouts. We'll see how far he can climb. And maybe he's stealing that starting job in Buffalo and entrenching himself as the goalie of the future there instead of Devin Levi. So um, just a well-rounded effort by the Sabres team as a whole. Um, we'll see if they can keep it rolling. I know they're trying to gain some consistency in their game. Um, on the other side of it, pretty tough game for Los Angeles. We talked about them maybe trying to build off the performance from the first game of the Jim Hiller era. That that really nice win, that good feeling win over the Edmonton Oilers on Saturday. And they were unable to carry any of that over. It was a pretty much an unmitigated disaster from puck drop. Um, I... You know, I, I haven't seen that lack of a commitment to defensive detail as I've seen from a team in a while. Um, they let the Sabres second chance and third chance opportunities in front of the net. And they were there were a lot of uncontested opportunities for Buffalo in front of the net last night. So uh, Los Angeles's defense definitely leaving their goaltenders hanging out to dry. Um, tough night for the goalies there. Just a tough night overall for the Southern Cal teams visiting the Atlantic Division. Um, where I mentioned the the Canadians beating the Ducks last night. Uh, the other shutout of the night belonging to Caden Primo. Uh, been a long time coming for Caden Primo, former seventh round pick. Um, it's been a bit trying for to get him to establish himself in the NHL. So um, they made it easy on him last night. Don't make any mistake about that. But it's not like the Montreal Canadiens have done a lot for that for him in the early goings of his young career so far. He's been um, given a lot of grade A looks against him through the early games of his career. You could also make the argument that maybe the Montreal Canadiens put Caden Primo in the net a little bit too early, um, that they should have let him go and play in Laval a little bit more uncont uncontested with NHL chances and brought him along closer to now and maybe things would be a little different, but... Regardless, um, good on Caden Primo for that shutout. Uh, hopefully it's a sign of things to come. I think he has a ton of very high-level potential in the NHL as a starter for a team like that. Uh, two goals for Nick Suzuki, um, three points for Uri Slavkovsky, one plus two. And you could make the argument that that was Uri Slavkovsky's most dominant game in the NHL. 
Um, he just looked tremendous. And uh, Brandon Gignash with his uh, first in the NHL, always love to see that. Guys uh, fulfilling lifelong childhood dreams. So good on him for that. Good win for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, Maple Leafs pick up a 4-1 win over the St. Louis Blues. No John Tavares, no Mitch Marner for the Leafs. No Morgan Riley. He was serving the first of what turned out to be a five-game suspension announcement coming right before puck drop of that one. Um, we all saw the um, the the check to the face of Ridley Gregg after the slap shot into the empty netter. Uh, I don't think we talked about this, Raven, actually. Did you? Um, I know we're, we're, we're at that point now where we can talk about it today because of the official decision from the Department of Player Safety, but... What do you think of, one, the incident itself, and then we'll dive into the five games, I guess. I mean, yeah, I saw it on Instagram, and I actually sent it to you. And I mean, I watched it live. You watched it live, but I kind of gave you my two cents over that and was like, you know, I understand that it's like if you have an open goal, you just shoot. You don't take the flamboyant or the super you tap hard it shot. In. Yeah, you, you just tap it in. low roller, let it go in. You know, like that. You don't he did that on purpose. Like, oh, I mean, obviously, yeah, he did that obviously. on purpose. But, but like, you don't go seven feet away from the net and then pull your stick back all the way, and rip it ninety miles an hour, and expect to just like be able to walk or like this skate is, away. This is still hockey. Like, this is still hockey. Like, I understand he was maybe trying to prove a point a little bit more with that action, but at the same time, you kind of got what you were deserving when you were doing that i hate saying that but like you got the karma that you gave out so i do think i think there's a couple of things here five games to consider. Is a lot. five games i think is good it's, the it's a good amount but like so he was given the option for an in-person hearing which allowed mm -hmm. the department of player safety to make the suspension six or more games i think there were only two instances prior in the history of all of that um in the history of supplemental discipline in the modern era i guess um, that a player was offered the chance for an in-person hearing and it turned out to be fewer than six games. So um, I think he skated by a little bit with the five games. I do agree that I think it's a bit much from that perspective. I think you're not going to win really with any suspension regarding this type of play. Some people are going to think it's too much. Some people are going to always think it's too little regardless of what you put the games at. Um, I mean, if we're staying on clips, we'll go over to that other one that I sent you where... The guy's got a free, like, breakaway. And the guy comes behind him and, like, high sticks him once and then slashes his legs twice from behind. Oh, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. That, that kid got 17-game suspension. So uh, Yes, I did. I, that, I do remember that, that one. That makes way more sense because you weren't, A, trying to just stop the It was puck. also a junior league from what I could yeah, tell from the video. It, it was. Yeah. But... I think it's better for them to be punished more in the juniors than. Agreed. I mean, look, they're taking fighting out of juniors too. But um, so with the Morgan Riley thing, though, I, I, there exists like the code in hockey. It's very much talked about, even though the it's supposed rule. to be the unwritten rules of the game. Obviously, every sport has that. And, annoyingly, yeah. but and I think every player knows in the National Hockey League, even Ridley Gregg, the guy who did it, um, knows you're not supposed to take a slap shot from there. I think. Overall, you know, you're playing the Leafs. It's Saturday night. It's hockey night in Canada. Everybody's watching um, national national televised game, and you you beat the Leafs. You you're putting an emphatic touch on a win. You um, 
I, I don't know. I, I get the the emotion behind it. You beat them in the season series. I get the emotion behind it. Um, but to maybe the one thing I would have suggested for Morgan Riley is maybe keeping his glove on and feeding him a couple, you know, uppercuts. Um, but to come at him with a stick like that, you knew there was going to be some sort of infraction. I think the NHL really wants to try and avoid that. But the other thing that this is going to do too now is we saw the David Perron suspension. And that was six games, and that was earlier in the season um, when he went after Artem Zub. And now these types of things are going to, like, set a precedent. When somebody gets a suspension now, they look at previous suspensions. So um, just all this. And, and we might be bearing the lead here, too, for the Leafs because they did they did recover very well. Um, we'll move off of the Morgan Riley suspension. I would assume that there's some sort of appeal from the Maple Leafs and Morgan Riley's camp, but... Um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, normally the NHL is not keen on switching the decisions of George Peros and the department of player safety. So, um, we'll see about that. Um, but Bobby McMahon had a hat trick, went from likely healthy scratch to uh, third line duty and produced a hat trick for the Maple Leafs. He was very good. Will Laguson also stepped in. I am, um, I have to say this about Will Laguson. I have uh, talked about him a little bit. I watched him play uh, all of his games with the Wolves last year working for the team. And um, he um, struggled a little bit. But you could tell that the NHL talent was there. And now the talent is really asserting itself. And what I think that game for the Maple Leafs explains, it does a couple of things. One, you know, you look at the media and what they say, which is that this team isn't deep enough and able to compete. And uh, there are players that can play. So I think if Toronto has found that and players like McMahon and Alex Steves got into the lineup for them, Dennis Holdeby was called up because Martin Jones was out. Uh, so he backed up Ilya Samsonov. Um, but that Domi Bertuzzi Robertson line looked really good. And uh, the fact that they were able to put together a very complete effort, uh, St. Louis dogged it. I think we can all say that. That was not a impressive performance from them, from them coming off a big win in Montreal on Sunday. But um, just finding that depth, I think, is really good. And, yeah, I mean, where can we jump to next? So we're going to get uh, two PWHL games tonight. They return to action after a 10-day break. Two matchups tonight. Um and first of all, how about so the reason they took the break was because it, the PWHL has two pre-scheduled international breaks. And this was the first one. Um, the USA and Canada were taking on each other in the rivalry series. The Canadians with the reverse sweep over the U.S. We've been talking about how dominant USA hockey has been in recent years. And uh, they blew a three nothing series lead in the rivalry series. So. Um, reverse sweep of the U.S. by Canada. Hockey is alive and well in Canada still. No need to fret our Canadian friends. And um, But we have Toronto visiting Boston tonight and Minnesota hosting Ottawa. Toronto is currently sitting in that fourth and final playoff spot in the P-Dub. So um, that should be a good one. And so should Ottawa and Minnesota too. I know Ottawa is currently in last, but I would not be surprised if we see a jump from them before the season's over. Um, March 17th is... Uh, Remember, we're going to have uh, neutral site games. So I just, you know, got my ducks in a row with the PWHL, the 10-day break. I kind of uh, took a little break myself and unplugged a bit from uh, having to dig into that before show prep. So um, they are doing neutral site games. And Ottawa's going to play Boston in, in Detroit. And Toronto's going to play Montreal and Pittsburgh on March 17th. So possible PWHL expansion. We're going to hopefully get some people on over the... Uh, the rest of the season, they're not they're not playing that many games, so um, 
we'll, we'll get some people on before the season ends or maybe towards the end of the season, even after the P-Dub season concludes, uh, to talk about these kinds of things like the draft and potential expansion and what we could see with some of the free agency. So um, that is that as far as the PWHL goes. We're also going to see Toronto play Montreal at Scotiabank Arena on Friday too in front of a sold-out crowd. So that is going to be a really good one to see. It'll probably be the third time we have a uh, record-breaking attendance at a PWHL game. So uh, good on them. Really good interview on Spit and Chicklets. I listened to one of Sarah Nurse. I will uh, shout that out. That was just a tremendous inter- interview. She's one of the top personalities in hockey, period, not just women's hockey, just all across all forms of it. Uh, she's excellent. So that was a really good interview. I enjoyed getting that perspective from her. Um How's it going? Are we going to bring on Colby Guy soon or no? Yeah. Yeah. You want me to call him? Yeah, let's let's give him a call relatively soon. Um, so uh, I, I'll finish with this, and then we'll, we're going to get to some Florida Panthers talk tonight. Like I said, they're playing Pittsburgh tonight. Um, but Patrick Alvin announced Phil Kessel will be working out in Abbotsford this week. Seems like we're trending towards him signing with the Vancouver Canucks. Um, it really does mystify me that Phil Kessel has gone this long and had to wait before getting a phone call like this um and look maybe he did get a phone call or two and he was just waiting for a situation that suited him best but we all heard the talk at comments saying that he felt phil still has a lot to contribute to the game um i think a lot of people felt that way about phil kessel um so uh, a lot of teams could use him right now i it would not surprise me if phil kessel is a guy that scores a big goal at a big time for the vancouver canucks if that is indeed who he ends up signing with um so I think a lot of teams will end up regretting that they didn't take a flyer on Phil Kessel a little bit earlier. It wouldn't have taken that much to get him. So potential boon for the Canucks incoming, uh, free of charge too. And uh, like I said, we were mention, mentioning burying the lead with the Leafs, but th- we might be burying the lead of the night overall. And that was, uh, you know, that could be Connor McDavid. He had six assists last night, six point night. That was the first six assists game of his career. Um, they trounced Detroit eight, four Patrick Kane also had a goal for the Red Wings. He set up a, uh, a nice one by Alex to bring it to great cross ice pass on the power play. Um, obviously, career high in uh, assists for McDavid. The NHL record is seven. It's held by some guy named Wayne Gretzky and uh, Bill Taylor Sr. Um, but Connor McDavid is a point in 19 straight in Edmonton. And uh, Chris Letang also had six assists this season against the Islanders on December 27th. So we have seen that this year. Um, but it looked like Detroit had the Oilers on the ropes after uh, tying it late, and the Oilers were able to kick it into another gear that went unmatched, and uh, that was that, really, in that one. Um, so we'll see Detroit and Vancouver Thursday for that much-anticipated rematch after Saturday's chippy affair. And um, so Alexander Ovechkin scores again, too. Caps get doubled up by the Avs, 6-3. to three. Uh, That's six straight games with the goal for Ovi, his longest streak since 2018, believe it or not. Uh, felt like the Avs really needed that one, though. Really a uh, standout game for Lekkonen. Uh, Ross Colton, too. It was Lekkonen's first game after missing six for, with a neck injury, and he had two goals to assess. So, um, And believe it or not, Alexander Ovechkin's goal streak record is seven. He set that in 05-06 his rookie year. So he is uh, one game away from tying that and two away from beating it. So... Um, he seems red hot right now. Uh, we will continue to monitor his goal scoring, see if he can reach not only 30 this year, but just keep chipping away at that that Wayne Gretzky goal record. And maybe it's not going to be so much of a limp to the record as it is going to be a stronger finish than we all um, thought it might be, seeing Ovechkin play in the early parts of the season. Um, 
Brady Kachuk had a hat trick for the Senators. They beat the Blue Jackets six to three. The hockey has been uh, better for the Sens on the ice lately, you could say, but they are running out of time quickly here. So um, same goes for the Blue Jackets, even though they are further away from putting it together. Same goes for Buffalo too. Um, they're they're playing a lot better hockey after the All Star break, but uh, it it might be a little too little too late for some of these teams and. Um, Matty Benier is doing his best Paul Curry impression, getting knocked down by Ryan Pollock in the corner, picking himself up, scoring the goal for the Kraken for an early lead in the first period. Uh, Seattle goes on to pick up the 2-1 shootout win over the Islanders. And the Islanders, I think, have 13 overtime and shootout losses. Imagine where they would be if they won four or five of those. I can tell you they would be in a playoff spot. So... um, Locally, we also saw the Canucks come into town last night and beat the Blackhawks 4-2. to two. Uh, Tyler Johnson scored for the Hawks. Good good on him. Kevin Korczynski also gets his third of the year. So um, nice to see that there was at least a couple pucks that went in the back of the net for the Blackhawks. Two-goal two game for Con- Connor Garland. And Dakota Joshua continues to just be really uh, impressing everyone. Um, I don't know that a lot of people envisioned him scoring 13 goals at this point in the season uh, from a fourth-line role for the for the Canucks, but um, that's been a pretty marked part of their success this season is the guys like Joshua and Teddy Bluger, Sam Lafferty, Niels Hoaglander's playing in the bottom six. He already has 17 goals. Um, so uh, the the depth that they have has really been tremendous, and it's good to see. Uh, how are we on Kobe Guy, Raven? I can bring him up right now. Yeah, that would be great. Um. I want to ask him about that Anthony Duclair rink. We um, we talked a little bit about it yesterday. I think it's awesome. Just the the ability to uh, take ice that isn't ice and put it out in different locations and skate on it. I um, have skated on synthetic ice that is good. I've skated on synthetic ice that isn't good. I assume that Anthony Duclair will put the best uh, the best in front for his facilities. So um, I would anticipate it is on the better side of synthetic ice the way that goes so all we'll right. see if kobe He's has here oh all right so uh we're gonna welcome on uh kobe guy writer for the palm beach post covers the panthers for florida florida hockey now uh how you doing kobe i'm doing good how are you doing i'm doing great thanks for uh joining us today um first of all so I, there's a lot to like about the florida panthers the florida panthers have a special place in my heart there is just always a lot to talk about with this team um the way that they've been playing lately and right now, I guess we could just say that Florida seems like the team nobody wants to play come playoff time. Uh, they grind. They outwork their opponents most nights. They aren't really afraid to punch you in the mouth if they need it. Um, they're just one of the most must-watch teams to watch for me in the NHL right now. Um, big picture, though, is this the greatest era of Florida Panthers hockey we've seen in their history? I mean, it's... Definitely the greatest era in the history of the Panthers. I mean, it's it's only going up against that 96 team, and I think this team has the chance to make it back to the Stanley Cup final. They're going to win more playoff series, and this is going to be a team that is going to be sustained for a very long time, given how a lot of these players are in their mid-20s still, and a lot of them want to stick around. So, I mean, I I think you have a chance to see this team make multiple Stanley Cup finals, maybe win a Stanley Cup. Uh, I I don't see how it can't be. Yeah, certainly. I mean, they're uh, my pick to go back to the Stanley Cup final on behalf of the East. Um, And and look, Florida, South Florida hockey in particular means a lot to me personally. 
I grew up playing the game there. That's how I experienced hockey growing up. And it is very different than hockey is in a lot of places like here in Chicago, like in Canada or, you know, we got the the Northeast and their, their hockey up there in Boston and New York and upstate New York too is like its own little world when it comes to hockey. Um, but South Florida is a really nice hockey community. There does exist hockey there. A lot of the uh, former players do end up uh, retiring there and contributing to youth hockey and high school hockey down there. It, it really has grown a lot in recent years too. We see a lot of Florida-born players, born and raised players in the NHL too, Jacob Chikrin and Brandon Duhame and all these guys. So um, it's not uncommon. They're dotted around the AHL too. Um, but what would you say this recent su- success has done for the growth of the game in South Florida? Um, hockey is uh, alive and well down there, Broward County, Palm Beach County, wherever. Um, but of course, there's still work to be done too. Has this recent run of success reinvigorated the market a little bit? Yeah, I mean, even just hanging out outside and talking to people, um, there's more people who are interested in talking hockey and more people who are starting to put their kids into hockey. And I mean, the new practice facility in Fort Lauderdale is only going to do more to help out the community and get more people playing the sport. That's just going to be another sheet of ice for people to play on. How nice is that new practice arena? How nice is it? Yeah, it's it's a very nice rink. I mean, they're they're putting the finishing touches on it, but uh, they're gonna they have curling in there too, which is gonna be nice for some people. But um, it's it's a it's a nice rink, and it's gonna be a nice extra two sheets to get things going for youth hockey. And that also means with the Panthers practicing there, a third sheet opens up for more stuff to happen in the ice. Then, so I mean, it's gonna be good for youth hockey in Florida. Um, do you have any insight onto the Anthony Duclair synthetic ice rink project that is happening in Broward? Um, were, were you, uh, did you cover that event at all? Or do you, do you have any insight maybe as to what that might look like? Yeah. So Anthony said that the, that rink should be done in about a month from what I, uh, heard during that, um, event there, but I mean, that's just going to be another, uh, a great sheet to have. And it's, it's going to be great for the kids at the school, especially, but, um, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to, it's that long-term of a project to get that, uh, sorted out according to what he said that day. We still got, we still got Colby. Yeah. Yep. Oh, um, all right. So, yeah, no, look, I mean, that that uh, the synthetic ice is just a great, easy way to make hockey accessible. So uh, good on him for doing that. I've been uh, lauding him for doing that for a couple of days. So let's get to on the ice. Um, and I want to start in the crease. So for a long time, it appeared as if the Sergei Bobrovsky contract was kind of going to be a weight on the Panthers, uh, sort of an albatross, uh, prevent them maybe from taking that next step. Then last last playoffs happened, and now it feels like Bobrovsky is becoming more beloved by the fan base each and every day. Um, Can you explain the Bobrovsky phenomenon down there in South Florida? Yeah, I mean, it it seems like ever since he took the crease in that Boston series for games five, six, and seven, the confidence in him has been very palpable, and he's taken the crease and kind of ran with it there. I mean, he, he, he looks like the way he looked like when he was in Columbus, and that's been big for the Panthers, especially in certain stretches this year where they're missing a couple defensemen. 
the offense kind of slows down for a little bit. But, I mean, Bobrovsky's been one of the most consistent pieces of this team, and it's, it's really shown throughout the year that uh, he, he's back. The fans love him down there, too, you can tell. Um, so what is the Spencer Knight situation, though, if we're going to stick with Panthers' crease talk? Um, he spent the whole year in Charlotte. Anthony Stollers has been the backup for Bobrovsky for most of the year. Um, what's the plan for Knight, Just not just this season, but in the into the future, too? Well, this season, they want Spencer Knight to get as many starts as he can. And with Sergei Bobrovsky playing as well as he is, Knight wouldn't have been able to see the crease as much this year. So the ultimate plan is for him to get as many reps as he can down in Charlotte. And I guess they're going to revisit everything during the offseason. We're not planning everything too far ahead right now. But... um, I mean, with Sergey Bobrovsky playing as well as he is, he, he needs to get those starters reps in Charlotte. And, I mean, as a 22-year-old goaltender, there's still a lot of time for Knight to develop. And for most goaltenders, that development happens in the American League. So he's, he's still very much on track to be the goalie of the future. He just kind of came up and showed what he can do a little bit too soon. And with everything happening, I think this they're they're putting him on the best track for his success right now. I want to see him in the NHL soon. He's going to be a very good goalie, um, whether it's for the Panthers or I, I hope it is. But you know, maybe another team eventually too. Um, so, who's the unsung hero on this team right now? The guy people should be talking about, but maybe isn't. Is it OEL? Is it still Gustav Forsling? Uh, is it one of the bottom six guys? Jonah Gajevic has made an impression on the Panthers um, in his games this season. Who should we be talking about on this team? There are a lot of guys that, I mean, deserve to be talked about. I mean, this is one of the deeper teams in the NHL, but maybe... A guy who hasn't been talked about as much as he should be, of course, Gustav Forsling, as you mentioned, should is one of those guys. But a guy that's on my radar is a guy that I haven't heard much talk outside of here about is uh, Carter Verhage. I mean, he's he's on a forty goal pace again. He's on the power play this year. He's uh, his shot has consistently been one of the best in the league and he's just been one of those sneaky good players that can make things happen in tight situations and I mean that's why he scores all these these uh clutch goals for the Panthers and I I think that's one guy that kind of fits the uh the mold of what you're talking about here yeah um so I Sam Reinhart we had to get to him at some point uh no free agent is going to get paid this summer quite like Sam Reinhart has the potential to get paid this summer uh the goals seem to be automatic for him at this point um what's the path towards a new contract being agreed upon for both sides maybe if that comes before July 1st if we should include that in the plan or if that is part of the plan for the Panthers um what 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 should we expect from the Sam Reinhart situation yeah so I mean, uh, Sam Reinhart wants to stay. Both sides want to get something done, but uh, we'll we'll have to see later on. I mean, with the with the whole tax situation in Florida, I mean, it could end up being something a little bit less than what he would take somewhere else, anyways. So we'll have to wait and see how things go on that front. 
he's been awesome this year. I mean, he's just been a driver of this team. And there's just a, there's a lot of pieces. You obviously mentioned Verhage. I think he he's a stud. And uh, obviously you have Matthew Kachuk and Sasha Barkov too. So um, a lot of good things to like about this team, both on the high end and on the depth side of things. Um, I did read, switch into Sasha Barkov. I did read an article of yours about the lack of scoring from Sasha Barkov. It's been over a month since we've seen a goal from him. And um, I, I'm a big fan of Barkov too just like being from South Florida watching his early games into the league and seeing how he's grown into a leader in that market is so good for the organization and just something that South Florida really needed for hockey in general so um, there doesn't seem to be a lot of concern about the fact that he isn't scoring right now um, not around the team or the group or anything like that um, there seems to be pretty high confidence that he's going to turn it around is there a point that we do start worrying, though, or is he just contributing in the other facets of the game like he normally does to where, you know, the scoring will just be gravy when it eventually comes for Sasha Barkov? Well, he did break the uh, goal-scoring drought the day after I published that. Oh, did he really? Saturday. Yeah, he, he broke that drought on Saturday against the Avalanche. He picked another two assists up on the power play. All so, right. Yeah. So, as you said, he's doing all the other things. He's picking up a ton of assists and obviously playing on the line with a guy like Sam Reinhart. You're going to get a lot of assists. And, I mean, that goal just came for him when uh, he got put in a good spot. He he waited out the goalie, got a goal. And, I mean, that sparked the confidence on that end as well. But, I mean, he's he's playing Selkie-caliber defense. He's setting up Reinhart for all these goals. And... There's definitely no concern anywhere else, but 18-game goal drought was just uh, a little shocking. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, What's it like covering a team with Paul Maurice behind the bench? Oh, Paul has been... uh, Paul and I have our jokes. He, (laughs) he um, he, He is quite the dude. I mean... I mean, uh, over the past week, he tried to start me in net twice, and he told me to fuck off when I told him. <laughs> <I didn't know>. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he is a funny man, and he he fills you up with a lot of quotes, too. He He's uh, one of the greatest hockey minds out there, and he is a funny dude, too. <laughs> I always say that Paul Maurice treats it like it's war out there, and he is running his generals he's running his troops he's the general running his troops so um it, it's always very great to to catch his little sound bites post game and must must be a lot of fun covering a team like paul he is a pretty entertaining guy so um and you can tell the panthers just love playing for him too um so there is definitely a good paul maurice effect there for the florida panthers um colby you're great we all expect a long playoff run from the cats this spring we'll hopefully bring you on again maybe after they win around and um I, I owe you a beer down in Florida for the Latin Cup, too. We'll we'll go get a drink or a bite to eat when I'm down there for the team. Yeah, sounds great. Thanks again. Uh, cool. That was Colby Guy from Florida Hockey Now, from the Palm Beach Post, Associated Press. Um, Colby, we'll talk soon. Yeah. Um, so thank you to Colby for coming on. He was great, knows a lot about the Panthers, covers the Panthers very well. They are a very exciting team to watch. Um they are uh, just, I mean, like, they're so deep. There's so many players. Yes, there's Sam Reinhart, and yes, there's Matthew Kachuk, and we didn't even really touch on Matthew Kachuk with Colby, um, but the uh, Matthew Kachuk will turn it on come playoff time. I think we all expect that. Um, the depth of the team is maybe arguably more than it was last year when they went to the Stanley Cup final, 
Um, so they're look, they're my pick to get there. Um, I think they're a bit more prepared to get there if they do. Um, whether they can be the ones to lift the trophy at the end of it is a different game. Um, you could just tell last season in the Stanley Cup final was just a little bit different. Vegas could have played another round and Florida was done by that point. And as they should have been, it took them quite a lot of very difficult and tough hockey to get them to that point. Um, but I think we all expect this season to also be a deep run for the Cats. Um, two other games around the, the the board tonight. We're going to see. We didn't even ask him about the game tonight, what we should expect from that. But um, good good hosting, Kirkos. Um <laughs> Yeah, but uh, two other games tonight. We're going to see San Jose Sharks and Winnipeg to take on the Jets and uh, Minnesota Wild and the Arizona Coyotes will also face off at the Mullet Arena. Uh, first game for the Jets since a 2-1 win over the Pens on Saturday. Um, this, this is a big one. I mean, look, we've we've talked a lot about finishing in that 2-3 that spot in the Central Division, also in the Pacific, too, even though it seems like we're going to get an Edmonton and Vegas first-round matchup with uh, Vancouver looking like they're going to win the division there. Um, but... Uh, the Winnipeg Jets, if you finish in that third spot in the Central Division, that might be the most precarious spot for any team beginning the Stanley Cup playoffs is the team that doesn't have home ice advantage in that 2-3 matchup from the Central. So um, the Jets got to start picking up points again. They got to start scoring again. I know it was a good win on Saturday, but you can't win everyone 2-1. Connor Hellebuck isn't going to be that good. Uh, Lauren Persuas isn't going to be that good every game. It's just a matter of finding the finding the twine a little bit more for them. And same for the Coyotes, too. I mean, we season seems to be slipping away from them a little bit. Same for the Minnesota Wild. So um, just about how we can watch these teams uh, build on things and how much these teams will end up. If Minnesota, look, they've been playing better. Um, they went through a little bit of a lull. We obviously saw the big bump with John Hines at the beginning, and then they, they went through a bit of a... They seem to be putting it together a little bit more now. Um, obviously, had the big win last Friday on Mark andre Fleury night, but um, if they can string together a couple, or even on the flip side, if the Coyotes can string together a couple, suddenly they're right back in it. So uh, we'll see that happen tonight, but I think all eyes will be on the Florida Panthers and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, so that should be a good one. Uh, I wanted to bring up one more thing with you. Um, so we're going to talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets tomorrow with, uh, Dylan Tyrer. He is a TV analyst for the Blue Jackets and, um, there's just, there's going to be a lot of interesting stuff to cover there with the, with the team out in Columbus. There's Adam Fantilli talk. There is, uh, a trio of very, very good Russians for them. Um, even though Marchenko is out currently, um, so lot to like about that and uh we're gonna try and book a guest for friday too i want to you know we don't we didn't have a guest for friday but i'm gonna try and get somebody for friday um other games last night not not really much to note other than uh the stars beating the hurricanes three four to two that was a really good game i have to i have to admit that was a good game i know i anticipated it being a good one but i did not expect it to be as good as it was um mason marchman is having a very underrated season he's another player like that from the panthers i mean you know maybe a guy even that they could use right now but just that that panthers style of hockey player that they've developed over the past couple of years into just this grinding type of in your face up in your nose kind of player um and uh the devils also beat the predators 4-2 on a second half of the back-to-back -back for them um what else raven anything you got you got anything for me 
I mean, nothing. Kobe was good, man. Kobe, Kobe was, was good too. Kobe did very, very well. I mean, I love hearing about the Florida Panthers just because I'm a fan of Dan Lebitard's show and growing up hearing about them and learning about that team and those players and that culture is very, very cool. So getting to talk to someone who's a part of that was very interesting. Yeah, and you also have to think, too, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning have won two Stanley Cups in our uh, recent recent history here. And um, so they also made it to the final against the Avalanche. And the success of Tampa Bay definitely played a part on the current success of the Florida Panthers. Obviously, we saw uh, Tampa Bay take care of the Panthers in that one series a few years back, um, swept them in the second round. So uh, I think that was a changing of direction obviously we saw the huberto and Uyghur for matthew kachuk trade and they they brought in some other pieces too but um they brought in forsling they brought in um you know they brought in oel this season but um it seems to have all kind of clicked for florida and just realizing what it took tampa bay to get to the points that they were as far as player development and the style of play and um Florida was just like, why can't we recreate this here? Um, why can't why can't we be Tampa East? Why can't we, um, you know, have that same level of success, have that same level of desiredness? You know, Tampa Bay has this rarefied air status around the NHL now. Uh, Stanley Cups will do that, but uh, Florida believes that they they can be that same type of organization. I definitely believe they can be that same type of organization. Um, Look, I mean, I have a special connection to that uh, market and that team. And, like, you know, I played in the high school league that has the Panthers have all the jerseys of all the, the high school teams in the Panther Conference of the Florida Scholastic Hockey League, the FSHL. Um, that is the that is the high school hockey league down there. They split it up into two conferences, the Panthers for South Con- uh, the southern half of the state and the Lightning Conference for the northern half of the state. But... Um, just seeing it there, there's no reason that the Panthers can't be that level of an organization. I, um, I would not be surprised if they won the Stanley cup. So thank you to, again, to Colby guy, uh, fellow Greek too. love, love that. Um, love to support, uh, Greek people in the industry. That is, that is always a good thing. He's going to come down and catch our games at the Latin cup this year. So, uh, thanks to him for that. Like I mentioned, Dylan Tyra tomorrow, we'll do a little blue jackets talk. We will uh, keep an eye on the three games across the board tonight in the NHL. They all should be pretty good ones. And then we'll have a busier night tomorrow to talk about it all and get you ready for it. So thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you, Raven. Uh, Thanks to Kobe Guy. And we will see you all tomorrow.